Welcome to the First Pres podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. We're grateful to our Vivace ringers and the artistry that they bring. They have a concert Thursday night. This was just a taste of that piece, in fact. And if you come Thursday night, uh, you'd be blessed with a beautiful concert as it speaks to your soul through that beauty. Friends, would you turn to your Bibles, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. As we look today at verses 39 to 50 in our series that we're calling Time for Joy. And as we turn to these scriptures... Let's pray together. Lord, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what you have prepared for those who love you. Prepare our hearts, Lord, to receive from you, to hear from you, and to believe by the power of your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. And the people said... Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 50, hear now the word of the Lord. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord. Pardon me there. It's going to be magnified in a minute. (laughs) This translation, my soul glorifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. This is the word of the Lord, and we're grateful. Amen? Amen. 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 Time for joy. A bundle of joy. Now, I have never been pregnant. It's true. But I'm an empathetic person, so it's like I've been pregnant. Isn't it? No. No, it is not. I don't know a lot about being pregnant, as I demonstrated last week, for any who were here uh, last week for the message. But one thing I do know is this. You're either pregnant or you're not. There's no kind of pregnant or sort of pregnant. <laughs> it's either there or it isn't. And, and, and being pregnant, being pregnant means... There's something happening, something underway 
Something is, is certain to come to fruition. Barring an, anticipated, an unanticipated tragedy, a child is coming. A little bundle of joy. We, uh, we've had a, a lot of, of babies arriving in our staff this month, which is an awful lot of fun. The Richards had a, a baby last week. Um, Katie and Chuck Fowler welcomed their son Samuel on Monday night. And mother and child are all doing well. Father's, yeah, so-so, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, and the Gorbys are expecting a child, uh, like right after the Christmas Joy concert. <laughs> and that's a lot of fun. So we're talking today about a bundle of joy. I don't know where that phrase comes from, a bundle of joy. I know there was a movie by that name, but it just, it, of course, it speaks to the fact that a child comes and then you wrap it up in all these blankets and you make a little bundle. And, uh, and of course, the infant brings nothing but endless joy to the parents. And so we call that a bundle of, uh, of joy. And, uh, but it also, I wanted to use that silly phrase just because it also makes me think of of the packages that have been prepared under the tree, that there's something that's kind of bundled up and prepared. There's something waiting. There's something coming. And, and it's, just, it's just waiting, and there's anticipation of when it will be opened and fully enjoyed. Something is on the way, and its arrival is certain, and it's only a matter of time until it all opens up. Well, today is, we get this unique picture in Scripture. Two women, rich with child, one, one too old to bear children and one too young to bear children. But both of them feeling within them the anticipation of what is about to happen. And both of them knowing somehow, supernaturally, that, that the, the infants within them are already interacting with one another in some profound way. And both of them believing against all hope that the children they carry are already playing a part in God's great story of redemption. God has started something. God has has taken the initiative by word and by spirit. God has begun something that is about to change everything. And it's not a joyless revolution that the Lord begins. Joy is running straight through it. I didn't mean to diminish last week the importance of of lament. The Psalms are full of, of open grief and open lament, of opening up these places in the heart where things hurt and laying them before the Lord. And that's critical, important work. As a good friend of mine and a Christian counselor named Eddie Caparucci says, we have to feel to heal. And, and a kind of um, uh, avoidance is no road to health. You have to experience the hard feelings before you can heal the wounds. And, and sometimes, times like Thanksgiving, Christmas, uh, the holiday seasons, they can act like, like a dragnet through our emotional seas, just always pulling with them whatever we remember around that holiday from our past. Oh, Thanksgiving is when we remember losing grandma. Christmas reminds me of losing my friend. Or, or it could be that you're moving into this season with a great challenge on your heart, having lost someone you love dearly or facing a, uh, an illness. And, 
And we don't make light of, of any of those or minimize the importance of, of grief around the heavy things in life. I have friends, there are friends here even in this church who have ministries of helping people in lament, of helping people to dig that, those feelings out where the Lord can touch them and heal them. But here's the thing. Lament is not a place to live. It is a land to pass through with resolve. Where does God want you to pitch your tent? Where does God want you to settle in, to dig in? God wants you to settle in, in the soil, in the land of love and joy and peace. These are the places to build and to live. And these are the gifts God has already prepared and sent your way in Jesus. Bundles of joy prepared for you and on the way to where you are. Are you with me? Amen. Mary, uh, being told by the angel Gabriel that Elizabeth was experiencing something very much like she was experiencing, Mary rushed to visit with Elizabeth. It's just just a, a side note there. Get around people whenever you can who are going through the same things that you're going through. Try to get around people that God is working on in the same ways He's working on you. So Mary... She rushes to a distant relative's home, Elizabeth's home. And as she entered the home and called out to Elizabeth, we get verse 41. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's no small thing that Scripture is telling us about. In fact, back in verse 15, there was a promise to Elizabeth that her child would have the Holy Spirit before he was even born. And now we see a fulfillment as Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is doing something. The Spirit of God is getting involved. If you know the Christmas story, or if you don't, just look up the page a little bit. And you'll see the Holy Spirit has been involved right from the start. The Holy Spirit is showing up line after line. God sent an angel to Mary to explain how she was going to carry Jesus. And if your Bible's open, you can see at verse 30, the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. And Mary said, What? (laughs) Why? How? Which are all the proper responses to the situation. So the angel continued with her and said, The Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. How? How? God. That's how. God. The Holy Spirit is going to do this. And so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. But maybe recognizing that this still did not fall easily into Mary's plausibility structures, the map that she had for her life, Gabriel went on, verse 36. Even Elizabeth, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. You see, see, you're not alone. 
You're not alone. And then verse 37. And if you've never underlined verse 37, today's the day. Please, for your pastor's sake, if not your own, underline verse 37. For no word from God will ever fail. Church, let's say that together one voice. For no word from God will ever fail. Amen. God is up to something. God is doing something by word and by spirit. And no word from God will ever fail. Now, here's what happens. Mary has the spirit of God on her. And now Elizabeth receives the spirit of God. And because God is present to her, because God is active in her, because God is at work in her heart and in her mind, changing what she thinks, altering what she believes, blowing her plausibility structures out of the water, making her believe that with God all things are possible, helping her to see that with God no word from God will ever fail. Because of that, and and grounded in all of this, look at what Elizabeth can say. Elizabeth can say something that she has never said before. Verse 42, In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. It just... it erupts out of her. It's this loud, this loud proclamation. It's something that Elizabeth never would have expected to hear coming out of her mouth. But she says it now by the power of the Spirit. She can see Mary has received something from God too. Mary has received God's favor. His grace. Those words are very tightly united. The grace of God. She can see the grace of God is at work in, in her friend's life, in her relative's life. She can see on the face of Mary, oh, God is doing something in you. He's done something really miraculous in me. And Elizabeth can, can see it. Verse 43. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? It occurs to Elizabeth that she's standing in a room filled with grace. Why am I so favored? Why why has God turned his eyes to me? Why am I experiencing grace? Why am I experiencing love? Why is is the, the eye of the Lord turned to my eyes, to my situation? Why has he loved me? I who who know I myself as, as an unlovable person. Why does God favor me like this? Have you ever wondered? And she can tell that there's something about the child within Mary. Now watch. Look at this very carefully in verse 43. Why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Do you see what's happening there? How can this woman Elizabeth... See within the womb of of Mary someone that she is going to call her Lord. How can that happen? 
It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that Elizabeth is able to proclaim these things. Paul would later write to the, the Corinthian church and say, only, you can only say Jesus is Lord by the Spirit of God. Elizabeth can see something is happening and within this woman before her is a child and that child she knows is her Lord. Do you know that makes Elizabeth the very first person on earth to call Jesus Lord, and she does it by the Holy Spirit. And in just a moment, Mary will exclaim the the glories of her Savior. And so what's happening here, friends? What's happening is that Jesus is present. Though they can't see him, they know he's there. And they start to proclaim things off of their lips that they never expected to say. They call him Lord, and they call him Savior, and Jesus is present. And verse 44, as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for what? Joy. That little baby, you know, is John the Baptist. John the Baptist starts dancing. (laughs) And you know, that can make a mother dance a little bit too, you know. And Elizabeth is dancing. And I think Mary is dancing. And, and I, think, I think Jesus is dancing. Why? Because the ministry of the Lord and Savior has begun. The great Redeemer, the revolutionary, who is coming in power and might to set all things straight, to overcome all false powers, to, to redeem all that God has made. The ministry of Jesus Christ begins. And how does it begin? It begins with, you guessed it, joy. It's the first movement. Joy. Come on, can you can you dance a little bit? Come on and dance. Just a little jig. Elizabeth finishes verse 45. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Of course, we can ask Elizabeth, what kind of blessed do you mean? What do you mean? Mary has some hard knocks to take. Mary has a hard conversation coming up with her fiance, for one thing, with her parents, with her her religious leaders. Mary has a pregnancy to carry, a little too young and a little too pregnant. Mary has a a child to bring into the world, a birth to endure. And as you recall, it doesn't come in the most favorable of circumstances. And Mary has a son to raise, to watch grow, and to see arrested, and to see unjustly and unfairly tried, to see beaten and publicly shamed and executed on a cross. What kind of a blessed is that, Elizabeth? What kind of a blessed is that in a world of grief? Well, see, Mary's blessedness doesn't depend on those hardships. Her joy isn't grounded in her situation. 
And Elizabeth's proclamation of blessedness by the power of the Holy Spirit, it isn't false, even though Mary has hard times to face. Do you see? So we get Mary's response, Mary's song, the great magnificat of Christian tradition. Verses 46 and 47, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Oh, are you ready? The spirit of God is at work in Elizabeth. The spirit of God is at work in Mary. And Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. What does your soul magnify? What are you going to to intensify in your life? What are you going to concentrate on? Mary says, I'm not going to magnify the hardships. I'm not going to magnify how this situation actually makes things a little bit difficult for me in my life. I'm not going to magnify how God's purposes have changed the trajectory of my life and my plans. I'm not going to magnify these hardships. My soul magnifies The Lord. And as I worship the Lord, what is the effect of worship in her own spirit? She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Me, I worship the Lord. I magnify, I glorify. I make the name of the Lord as high as I possibly can in my attention, in my prayer, in my devotion, in my worship. I will magnify the Lord. I will praise and and honor and, and concentrate on the Lord, God himself. And then my soul rejoices. I worship God, my soul rejoices. It's rejoice. It's joy on repeat, you see? It's joy again and joy again. Rejoy, see? Rejoice, you get it? And it goes on a loop, you see? You You just repeat it. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit within me rejoices as I worship the Lord. Repeat, 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 repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat. 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 You guys need me this afternoon? Okay, I'll practice. I'll practice. Repeat the sounding joy, you see. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices. It responds with joy. Why? Because that's what my soul was made to do. And the Lord is worthy of praise. He is worthy of worship. And my soul rests in glorifying God. Carry on through the passage. What does Mary tell us about God? What does she tell us? She says God is mindful. He's been mindful Did you think that you were forgotten? Did you think that you were passed over? Did you think that the Lord had all the names of all the people, but he somehow forgot yours? No, the Lord is mindful and he saw me, an unknown woman in a backwater town, a little girl of no account. 
He knows me. He sees me. He is mindful. And people, she says, from all generations, they're not going to call me forgotten, left behind, abandoned. No, verse 47, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. God is mindful. He hasn't lost track of you. God is loving. And God is paying attention. Second, she tells us that God is mighty. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Holy, she says. God is mighty and God is holy. He's good beyond what you and I can imagine goodness to be. And God is merciful. His mercy, verse 50, extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. Mighty, holy, and, and merciful. You know, among human leaders, we might say uh, mighty, moral, and merciful. Pick two. You see? Because you're never going to get all three in a human leader. Here is the Lord. And he is almighty. And he is all merciful. And he is all good. He's worthy of our praise. We can worship him. When you worship something that isn't worthy, there's a disconnect and your life starts to spin apart like a car out of alignment. But when you worship the Lord, you find that he is worthy of all acclamation and praise. You cannot lift his name higher than is appropriate to lift his name. And the more you worship him, the more your soul rejoices and rests in the glory of the Lord. And Mary says, hey, this isn't just for me. His mercy extends and all generations will call me blessed and, and those who fear him will know his mercy from generation to generation to generation down and down and down and down and right here to you seated here this morning December the 9th 2018. He sees you. Where do you hope to harvest joy? Our tractor is out there in the plaza reminding us that joy isn't something we buy or manufacture or artificially produce. It's something that grows from seeds that were sown down under the ground and it's a gift. It can be cultivated and, and hoped for, but we don't produce joy. God does. So where do you hope to harvest joy? Where, what soil are you bent over, waiting and hoping that something emerges that satisfies your life? Where do you hope to harvest joy? Jonathan Edwards in a Christmas sermon once said, the great inquiry of the world in general and all ages of it is after happiness. Yet there is scarce anything that the world is more deceived about. And thus therefore was no inconsiderable part of the errand of Jesus Christ, the great teacher of mankind into the world to instruct men wherein their true happiness consisted. He don't talk like us, I know. What is he saying? What Edwards was saying is this. The great search of every age and every person in every age is after happiness. 
but there's hardly anything out there that we fail at more than finding happiness. Why is it if everybody wants happiness, there are so few people who have found happiness? Why? It's because we stink at it. We're terrible and we're deceived. And we run after the wrong stuff. And we lose track of the central truth of God. Joy is a gift. Love is a gift. Faith is a gift of God. All of life itself, everything that you have and treasure in any tiny way is a gift from God. Friends, before You can give a single thing to any single one. You first have to receive every breath a gift from God. Verse 45, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Can you believe? Can you receive? This is such a great moment in scripture. This is such a great moment in history. Can you picture it? Can you get yourself there? These two women dancing with babies in their bellies, just just giddy at what God is about to do. You know, come on. Dance like you're pregnant, okay? That's, that's what Christmas is about. Just come on. What a picture. Elizabeth old and pregnant, Mary young and pregnant, both clapping their hands in ecstasy about... What's about to happen? Clapping their hands with joy, not at what they have done, but at what God has done. Where were they looking for joy? I don't know. But God has given them joy as a gift. God has interrupted and invaded. God has has brought an incursion into their world right there in the dark days of Herod the Great, right there in the shadow of the evil Roman Empire, right there under the, around the corner from a corrupt religious system and, and in ugly economies where the bullies always win and the evil are always enriched and the poor and, and the forgotten are, are left behind helpless. Right there, God, by word and by spirit, has planted the seeds of the kingdom of heaven. God is on the move, and anything is possible now. The bundle of joy has been prepared, and it's on the way. It's going to happen. The fuse has already been lit. The, uh, the, the orders are in, and it's only a matter of time. Have you ever ordered something and tracked it online? You just can't help but click on that thing every 10 minutes. And say, oh, I wonder where it is now. It was just in, it was just in uh, Salt Lake City. I'm sure it's, oh, it's still in Salt Lake Okay. You just, you know that it's coming. And the anticipation builds. And it's guaranteed to arrive. God sent his spirit to Mary. God, God sent his spirit to Elizabeth. And a new thing has begun. But listen now. And close with this thought. Because do you know what? Mary is just a model. Mary, Mary is an archetype of faith. And hear me now. Everything God gave to Mary is available to you 
today. What happened? Mary, Mary, she found God's favor. God favored Mary. He poured his grace out over her. She didn't do anything to earn that. God found her and favored her. He poured his grace out over her. God favors you and pours his grace out over you when you have faith in Jesus Christ. God sent his spirit to Mary. He sent his spirit to Mary that she could see and believe and know and and obey and follow in the ways of God by his power, not by hers. God pours out his spirit on you to empower you to do and to be all that God is calling you to do and to be. And Mary believed God by the help of the Holy Spirit. Blessed is she who believes and you can believe God. Not because of your inner ability, to put everything together in the universe and declare faith in Christ, but because the Spirit of God is at work in you to help you even in your unbelief. Later in Jesus' ministry, a woman saw him from afar and she shouted out to him, blessed is the mother who gave you birth and nursed you. And Jesus replied, no, no. Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Jesus is saying, my own mother, Mary, she wasn't blessed because she bore my material body. She wasn't blessed because she held me as a, as a baby in her arms. She was blessed because she heard God's word and she believed it. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, so can you. So can you. By word and spirit, Christ comes to dwell in the heart of every believer. Friends, where are you looking for happiness? God has prepared joy and life eternal for you. Trust him enough to receive. Don't magnify the misery. Magnify the Lord. And let your soul rejoice. Let's pray. So, Lord, I think we have this morning, by your grace, a little bit of a handle on this small chunk of your holy word. And we are inspired by Mary. We are inspired by Elizabeth and by what you allowed them to say and to believe and to do by the power of your Holy Spirit. And so we just pray, Lord, thinking, is there someone here in this room, Lord, who needs to say, who needs to believe. Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on every one of us that we can follow in faith to the glory of your name and rejoice. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.